0: Welcome to Kingdom.Think. We start a new book today. So today we're covering, uh, we're going to start 2 Samuel. So it's 2 Samuel 1 and 2, Psalms 136 and 1 Corinthians 4. And this is Kingdom.Think where we read the Bible in one year so that me and you could get through the Bible and just let it marinate in our soul, wake up our spirit and really help us identify with who we really are and i would love to say there's like one scripture where you could just say this one scripture and you know who you are that's nice but the the reality is to do an identity shift and because your current world is is clouding you with who you are it's making you cluttered and preoccupied and busy and so for us to reprogram that and really get in touch with our identity and who we really are you Got to read the whole Bible. You got to see yourself in the stories. You got to align. You got to connect, and um, certainly with David, for example, you know he was gifted, he was blessed, he was anointed, and God loved him and continued to pursue him, even though we know that David's going to mess up here and there but it's it's about the heart posture and so those are the kind of things that we want to identify. And then as we are in the New Testament and Paul the apostle, you know, he's like he's like so aggressive and he's so f- direct that um that'll speak to us in a whole different way. So that's why it's so important that you read the entire Bible from start to finish several times. Um and then today's passage in Psalms, it's really interesting because um well I'll get to it, but uh, if you didn't read the whole Bible and you read that, that God killed all the babies in Egypt, it sounds horrible. If you just picked up the Bible and you just read that one piece, you know, praise be to God because he killed the children of Egypt, you would shut the Bible and say, this is crazy, I'm never reading this. But if you understood the context and you understood the story because you read the Old Testament, then it would make sense to you. So I'll tell you what I mean when we get there. So here we are in 2 Samuel. Saul has just died um, in the end of 1 Samuel. And we don't know who the author is of 1 Samuel or 2 Samuel. Maybe, in, maybe somebody who gathered the text. It's an, kind of an unknown author. But um, in David, remember him and his men, are living in enemy territory. And since they're in enemy territory, they are helping him out by fighting the Amalekites. Um, So David's busy in the Philistine area. And for some reason, these particular Philistines trusted him. So that's good. Finally, a messenger came and told him that Saul has been killed and, and Jonathan's been killed. And for the longest time, okay, so the messenger came and told him this. But then if you continue to read, you realize David kills the messenger. I've read this maybe twice before, you know, in the past when I read the entire Bible in a year, and I kind of really stumbled on this, like, why did David kill the messenger? The truth is, and as I read it this time, I was able to see the messenger, it's not that he was arrogant, but it's possible that he lied, because remember at the end of 2nd, 1 Samuel, King Saul actually killed himself, but then at the at this chapter, it says that he killed The messenger says that he killed King Saul. King Saul was on the spear, but he was still alive. And so he asked this Amalekite to kill him. And this guy says he did kill him. Because he killed an anointed one, King Saul. And you know that David wouldn't even kill his enemy Saul. So the fact that this young man killed the king, David had to kill him um two reasons possibly one because he lied maybe he was bragged about it maybe he was being um um he thought he was going to get a reward because he knew Saul was David's enemy maybe he thought that he was going to get a reward or something either way we don't know if he actually killed him but if he did he needed to be put to death because Saul was a king um and he was David's king Okay. So then we move on. Now they're going to head on back and King, we move into the second chapter where David becomes the King of Judah. However, Saul had other sons. And so Abner, who um, was the commander of Saul's army, Abner, son of Ner, the commander of Saul's army, he took Ish-bosheth, who was the son of Saul, into like the Benjamite area, Ephraim area, Israelite area, and he made Saul's son king over Israel. So we have David, who's king of Judah, and let's just call him Ishbo. Ishbo was, is the son of Saul. He's the king over Israel. So here's where the division happens. This is where the Israelites can't really come together, and so they can't align with who the true king is. Some are loyal to Saul, some are loyal to David, so they they tried to they tried to get together and say hey let's let's meet and discuss this." and then some men huh, they come up with this crazy idea of saying, "Hey, why don't we while we're sitting here have twelve of your guys and twelve of my guys? They'll just fight in front of us, and maybe that'll settle it." It didn't settle it basically David's men killed. Ishbo's men. And that just established, created a bigger fight. And then finally, at the end of chapter two, um, Abner called out to Je- Joab and said, why are we doing this? Why? We're the same people. We're Israelites. This is never going to end. This is This is crazy. And so that started the army. But in the end, basically, David's side only lost 20 men. And the other side, the Israelite side, they lost um a lot, like i don't know how many two hundred and fifty uh but David's men had killed three hundred and sixty. ooh, it was a slaughter so here and and I kind of went into detail because it's so important that you really get the the gist of the division the israelites and the and David in Judah, because this is huge. this is going to like set the stage for everything else that is to come. Um, okay, moving on to Psalms 136. You're going to have to read this one on your own cuz it's like it's it's almost it's like a song or a poem um, where you're reciting. It says give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And then it says to the side, his love endures forever. Give thanks to God for God, give thanks to the God of gods, his love endures forever. Forever, so it's like a a, a verse with a repeat. verse with a repeat and the part that I wanted to point out that if you were to just pull this passage out you would read verse 10 where it says to him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt you might want to say well that isn't nice what kind of God is this that he would strike down the firstborn of Egypt innocent children innocent babies you would want to think that who wouldn't right but that's why we read the whole Bible We need to shift our identity and our perspective and understanding of God's character and why things happen. But because we've read the beginning, we know exactly what this meant. And so I just wanted to remind you of that. Okay, so let's move on to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. So we're here and, you know, Paul the Apostle is still talking to the young church of the Corinthians and they're in Greece and... I think they've been a a, a little church for two to three years or something like that. And already we have strife among this young, immature church. And people are being braggadocious. Leaders that are puffing themselves up, that they're more spiritual than others. And Paul came in to say, stop it, stop it, you guys. Um, That's not how it's supposed to happen. And so I just want to pull out a few things. Um, He's just saying that the leaders are servants of Christ and those entrusted with the mysteries of God has revealed. Um, and then Paul's kind of like reiterating who he is, how his conscience is clear. He's trying to encourage them to, to role model him, to let him be their mentor, not their God, not someone they should idolize, but be their mentor, learn the way he is teaching them and the way he lives out his life. But don't be a puffed-up leader just because you're more spiritual than someone else. Just because you're further along on your walk than someone else is. If you do that, let's say you're kind of like somebody who's new in the faith. They haven't given up some of their old ha- their sinful habits or sinful ways. Don't judge them for the, what they did when they weren't Christ followers. Simply bring them along and walk them along with you. So when we go to verse um, 8 through 13... It's believed that Paul is being sarcastic here. And so when you read it, you go, is he really being sarcastic? Because it doesn't make any sense if you were to read it just straightforward. But I think what he's trying to tell people is, hey, look, you've been rich. You've been poor. You've suffered. You will continue to suffer. In other words, in life, many crazy things are going to happen. Um, I think that's what he's saying in that. And he's just like, it's just going to happen. Um, because just the way the world is. So don't puff yourself up whether you're highly spiritual or less spiritual. Just continue to be a Christ follower is what I interpret right there. Um, let's see. Moving down to the end of chapter 4. Oh, I like this. I am writing this not to shame you but to warn you as my dear children... Even if I had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. So this is where he's telling himself, look, oh, I wonder if this is where they got the idea of calling priests fathers. I'm not totally sure. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. So he's letting them know that I'm going to be your mentor. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but a matter of power. What do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a rod of discipline or shall i come in love with a gentle spirit that's how it ends in that chapter so it's it's nice because he's talking to the people of corinthians and we're learning as he's talking to them so it's very good there you go wasn't too dramatic today right that was second samuel 1 and 2 psalms 136 and first 1 corinthians 4 just carry on people keep reading I mean, of course, you can just listen to this and and voila, we've read some scriptures. But to jump into it yourself, to read the Bible as a whole book, not just as individual scriptures and pulling out pieces, it'll change you. It'll definitely change you. And you won't have to wonder what your identity is. You'll know. So have a great day. Make it a great day until our next verse. And we meet again. Talk to you soon.